Hello, everyone, and welcome into Grip Lock Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor. And before we get into today's episode, we want to take this take a moment to thank the sponsor, Manscaped. Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming in their brand new fourth generation performance package. Join the two million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code GRIPLOCKED. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Don't forget, after trimming your pumpkin patch and whacking them leaves, give your balls a boost with the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package that Trevor just mentioned, the Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. That way you can retain, remain comfy and cozy no matter where you find yourself this fall. Don't forget to get 20% off and free shipping with the code grip locked that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code one word grip locked make your balls a priority this fall and choose manscaped your balls will thank you huge shout out to manscaped for being an ongoing supporter of this podcast yeah really appreciate it love supporting brands that support disc golf um but let's get into the music city open uh happened this past weekend the national tour finale uh in more than one way but we'll talk about that later uh, on MPO side, we had Mason Ford winning it in a playoff over Ricky. Adam Hammonds came in third. On FPO, we had Haley King winning by three over Sarah Hokum. And then Macy Valadez, previously Macy Walker, came in third. She got married. I would assume. Her name just randomly changed. Um, to what? Valadez. And it used to be Macy Walker. And Macy you're Walker. sure it's the same person? Yes, because I had the process payout oh. through PayPal for the Battle for Bedford. And I had to send it to Macy Walker's email. And it really threw me for a loop because I knew Macy Walker was at the tournament, but then it said Macy Valadez. So I think we're out of loop. I'm assuming there because there was another player. I believe his name was Jamie in the MPO with the same last name. So I'm assuming ah. they got married, but I don't what know that story. for sure. So don't take that for well, fact. But that happened, one thing I do know for sure <laughs> is this Ricky conspiracy I'm about to put up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I am going to put the Ricky conspiracy up. I don't know it for sure. Here's my conspiracy. So if you didn't see the playoff, basically hole 18 Ricky and Mason come in tied. They both birdie hole 18, go to hole one, one of the easiest holes in the courses. Yes. Mason parks it first shot. Ricky turfs his forehand to about 50 feet yeah. and then threw the it's most un-Ricky putt we've ever seen in our lives. Not, well, to be fair, Ricky of late has been a little iffy on the putting greens. I mean, I mean, but I from 50 miss, feet, I missed home dog he, or this guy like literally missed a tap in at music city. <laughs> like, so I don't, here's I don't my know. conspiracy. He, I think Innova paid Ricky to miss in order to help establish Mason's career. I think this is, this, I think this goes back to hole 18. If you watch hole 18, it would make sense with how like embarrassing bad he missed. Cause it's kind of hard to miss on purpose when you're that good. I that's guess. what I'm saying. I think on hole 18, he tried to miss, but he was too good. Mm. So that's why he hit high. He was trying to hit band. He hit just below maybe it's band. Maybe because he always puts high, though. And it felt, no, 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 no. Okay. Hole 18, he tried to miss high. He's too good. He tried to miss high, <laughs> It and it just fell in. He's like, dang it, I'm too good. I can't like I can't keep making these putts because eventually Mason's going to mess up, and then I'm going to end up winning. And so he went to hole one, turfed his drive. Do you think the payment came in like as he's walking to his drive, though? Because like I think he would have messed his drive up. No, before. I think it was going into the final day. The end of it told him, like, get in contention, and then do whatever, do whatever necessary to make sure Mason wins. So why? why so we're lucky that Adam Hammonds didn't get in the way or something because that might have been a lead pipe situation. We're lucky. <laughs> we're lucky that it was just Mason. I don't know. Can you go ahead and explain why you want you, they should have had Mason Ford to win before you sound like a complete cuckoo? Well, just so to establish Mason's career. 
Okay. Mason's a young up and coming player. Girl, Ricky's already established. Correct. You know, they can both go into a playoff. And then Ricky again, he's too good. It's like a, it's like when you have a really good basketball shooter, yeah. And they go to the free throw line; they're supposed to miss, and it's really hard for them to like hit the rim and not have it go in. Yes, that's what we saw. Is it's really hard for Ricky to try to miss, mm. so he had to lay up ten feet shy of the basket. And I just want to be clear: I don't, I don't agree with this. I don't know about the validity of this theory, but I really like it. It's I paper think it's thin. very entertaining. <laughs> it is paper thin. In all seriousness, though, uh, big moment oh, for Mason serious? Ford. <laughs> big moment for Mason Ford. Uh, yeah, he's kind of been due for a win. Huge, huge elite series win for him. He was the rookie of the year back in 2018. I saw a lot of people saying, like, who the heck is Mason Ford? I think he's just players a, he's who've gotten baller, into the man. game. This is his first year fully on tour. He's been touring with Amanda Hano sisters and their family this year. So... Uh, we've seen him out there quite a bit. Uh, he has very Bradley Williams-esque form, like super smooth, super compact, like a very repeatable backhand form. Yeah, he's, um, he's good. I really like him. I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone when we start seeing his name more and more. I don't think he quite has like elite level distance. No. There's some courses that unfortunately he's just not going to be able to compete at. But when you get him on the right course, I think he's got the the rest of the game to be able to compete at the top level, as we just saw this weekend. Um and yeah, Ricky actually put it out on Twitter, debunked my conspiracy theory. He must have heard the conspiracies. Mm, it was floating uh, around for a he while. He just there. said, guys, it was just a really bad time to have a bad putt, is basically what he said. Mm. So whether you want to believe that or you want to sure, believe that it paid him Ricky, off, I don't sure, know. Okay, I don't know. Ricky. Mm, yeah, okay. We'll see. It was, I will say, it was very un Ricky like to see him miss the putt that bad but i think something it just like fell out of his hand or something weird timing that happened. casey plastic slick some people were like mm. legitimately trying to argue that he was laying up to put pressure on mason ford's two-footer and i'm like what are you talking about yeah, that'd be pretty silly that's ridiculous like i don't know what you're thinking yeah as if he can't run the putt and then make yeah the i'm like Ricky's yeah. he's not like us away. guys he, he can make the 10-foot comeback yeah, and he's also at a very good percent chance of making that 55 yeah. footer uh, yeah i, would I say, think he just fell out of his say hand. he's got like a 70 percent chance yeah that's what i say something weird just happened to where it just fell out of his hand it's probably that paycheck from Innova hit his bank at the same time <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but the other weird thing that no one's really no one's been talking about I might have just missed something, but I noticed it for one reason only. Last week, we talked about the purse because Haley King had brought it up on her story, called it out, and I had screenshot it, her story, for us to talk about it on the podcast because there was that slight purse change going on mm-hmm. uh, last week where like they raised the MPO leader and lowered the FPO leader. Uh, you can listen to last week's podcast if you want to hear that. But I went back and looked at it because I was kind of confused. So the total purse as of the day before the tournament last week was $52,315. Right. Players were complaining because there was only like $10,000 added to the national tour finale. The pro tour came out, announced their pro tour finale with $250,000 purse on the day the national tour started. Probably one of the more savage things to happen in disc golf. Yeah. But irrelevant to this part of the story. But then after all this complaining stuff goes on, the actual payouts get posted. I noticed that Mason Ford took home $7,500. And I was like, that's a lot higher than I remember. That's a lot higher than I remember talking about last week's podcast. And so then I looked at it and the actual payout ended up being $76,000 purse. $24,000 higher. That's a big jump. Slimy. So much like worlds, this is just weird to me because I don't, the projected payout got posted and $26,000 wasn't there. Or twenty four thousand dollars. We suspected. We suspected at Worlds that that the backlash 
is what led to the significant purse raise, even though they claimed it was like continued. It was a little bit weird the way the money was added to the purse and PDJ claimed things and everybody was like, mm, it kind of seems like they just kind of had the money sitting Oh, yeah. Around. Well, the PDJ, that one, this that instance, one, the PDJ, like day three of World just added 40000 to the purse. Yeah. It was like, it was due to continued effort of our volunteer staff. And I'm like, but there was no mention that it was ever going to happen. And there's and no that's mention. Something, that's yeah. something you would talk about. Here's the thing that makes this one even weirder is the only. As far as we know, and maybe the players were louder directly to the PDGA, but as far as we know, I like that Haley King post was kind of like the bulk of it. And obviously, there were people. Well, I saw a lot of posts about like, there is there really the, only ten thousand added to the national tour yeah, finale? And there were posts. I saw about some the people event. calling it a B tier. It wasn't as loud. Like it wasn't as loud as Worlds though. No, because it wasn't a major. Yeah. So, but it was. But it I would say that this was the loudest complaints we heard for a national tour all year. Yeah, but and, it, and it's very like. You know, that's what's weird to me. Well, sus that like all of a sudden twenty four thousand dollars is whoop. Both times we've seen a PDGA name tied to an event, and there's been backlash from players. Money magically appears in the purse. Yeah. It's like it's like whenever you like your kid is like pestering you, and you just are like, "Here's ten dollars now. Be quiet and go find something to yeah. do." It's well, like here's that's my, what they're doing. To my us. biggest thing because everyone every time we bring this up is like, "Guys, are you kidding me? You'll find a way to complain about everything. You freaking idiots! M- more money got added to the purse." And I'm like, "That's, what that's not want. what I'm complaining about. That's what they want." I'm not even complaining. Though. I'm just asking if there was twenty four thousand dollars that could have been added to this purse. Yeah. Why wasn't it in there right. at first? That's, the that's what I'm asking. Is if no one had complained, where is that money going? It seems, yeah, it seems like what's happening is there's this money set aside. It probably, it, I mean, realistically, it could have doubled their youth outreach from two years ago, <laughs> apparently, according to the guy that called into debate night. If, like, if everybody just is quiet, then maybe everybody in the staff takes home a nice bonus. <laughs> but yeah, if, I don't know if what people, go- if people complain, then we just have to throw it in the purse. Ah, That's what I'm saying is where <laughs> is that money just coming from, like the like, savings account? And they're just like, all right, well, look, people are complaining. On. You think 20,000 will shut them up? Yeah, write the check. Write the check, Steve. All right, but the, like, if it's that easy, then why did the tournament only have ten thousand added to begin with? Is my question. I don't know. I don't know. Very weird, suspicious. weird stuff. Uh, I. But that wasn't even the only issue. That was. The, I don't even know if players. I haven't even tar- heard talk about that at all. I just noticed it when I was looking at Haley King's Instagram story again. But. There was, uh, players were pretty vocal about some FPO issues. The temp baskets that we brought, briefly brought up last week were fully confirmed just shortly after the show. Haley King posted them on her story. And then also, if like for some reason you still don't believe it, just go watch Jomez's flyovers and you can see the temp baskets. They were there. In the flyovers for the entire coverage. Uh, one of them, whole four, I think it was at Mill Ridge. Was that the second course? Yes. By the name of it? It was Mill so. something. Uh, whole four out there. It's literally just like one of those like pop-up scout baskets. No. Yeah. That has like single like the it's just it's meant to be like we take it to the beach for a day and throw it up like a fun basket. And that was what the FPO had to practice on the tournament. As far as it wasn't just PVC poles in the ground, like here's where the pin's gonna be thrown near it. Yeah. Uh and so Haley King but uh called out the PDGA with the same thing we were saying last week, and she was basically saying the same thing of like this wouldn't happen to MPO. And to me it's just a bad look that the PDJ, the FPO is kind of an afterthought here because it was like, well, oh, yeah, it's very the obvious. basket's got to go in the MPO position. Hey, local club, anyone got a pop-up basket we can throw up for the FPO? Like, not a good look there. 
uh, secondary thing. Yeah, at that point, you just don't change the layout. If you can't, if you don't have yeah. the resources to make it happen, you just got to play. That's the what same I was layout. saying is you you either have FPO just play the same layout as MPO or just move the T up. Yeah. If for some reason you like, I don't know. I I feel like there's a lot of things that could have been done other than just a pop up basket. Yeah, that's not but a good then point. that also meant that the, some of the baskets had to be moved. And there were times during the tournament where it didn't get done in time for the FPO to tee off on the hole. Now, this story is kind of a he said, she said moment because Paige posted on her Instagram story during her round. I think Paige is one of the first cards out after the cut. Sounds weird to say out of my mouth, but that's what happened. Paige barely made the cut. So Paige posts on her Instagram story. <laughs> What's wrong with Paige? And she was like, uh, it was like her and um, Holly Finley. And she like she's like Holly, we we just threw our drives, we're about to throw our upshot, but where are we supposed to throw to? And panned over to Holly Finley. She goes, I don't know, the basket's not in yet. I guess we'll just have to wait and see if they move it. And so apparently they had already teed on this hole, and then it was a par four, and they were going to throw their upshot, but the basket was still in the MPO position. Had it moved to the FPO position, so they had to sit in the fairway and wait for someone to move it. Oh. People from the tournament fired back and were like, What are you guys talking about? Like you had caught the MPO. Uh, bottom card or lead card and um, basically they were still putting out on the hole so of course we couldn't have moved it yet mm, that's tough whether one. or not that's true it's a like I said that's like a he said she said moment there was another instance that I heard from uh, players who don't have as big a following as page to so like day one and two or day three I guess it was day three they won at the course that course the very like first FPO card out I saw them posting on Twitter saying a similar thing saying like we just showed up to the tee and our basket's not in yet and then it said okay 12 minutes later someone just rolled up in a golf cart and fixed it i say it wouldn't surprise me if they were scrambling to try and get baskets moved but here's my thing just play the same layout is just play the same layout or like just you shouldn't be in a position where you have to move baskets and if you do the person needs to be walking with the mpo lead card and the second they tap out and walk away boop boop yeah that's what they were claiming was happening, and they just said that basically the bottom FPO card caught the lead card. Both, if both so, situations I feel are like possible. Paige would have been a little bit more understanding of like, oh, we're literally watching Paul tap out, or not Paul, uh, Ricky and Mason and them tap out on yeah. the basket right in front of me. Of course, they haven't moved it yet. Maybe not, but I just thought it was a, it was just another thing that this whole basket debacle caused basket was gate, if you will. Yeah, was like. First off, they got to practice on marksmen and scout baskets during the week, and then they show up to the tournament, and you got to move the basket back and forth. Not a good look. Not if this is a B tier or something, or even maybe a small A tier, sure. If you have to move the baskets, you have to move the baskets. It is what it is. It's a national tour. The finale. Like you could have at least gotten. I think Dynamic Disc was the presenting sponsor. Surely they could have for the national tour finale driven out eighteen veteran baskets as a practice thing. Something. And just like. <laughs> pulled them back after so like yeah. hey at least at least the players get to practice on it i'm not saying dynamic discs was aware of the situation and chose not to yeah i'm not saying that at all i'm i would think if dynamic Disc was aware of the situation they would have chose to do so i'm just saying someone could have found a solution better than has what happened yeah. but one very bright 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 spot from this is this was the official last national tour ever mason ford will go down in the history books as the last player to ever win a national tour event wow because the pdga has officially stepped down from running the national tour and they have made the disc golf pro tour the official tour of the pdga um it's basically the way they're 
wording it. Uh, more or less, it seems like the national tour events will get merged into the pro tour and the pro tour will be able to pick and choose which ones they put on the full on pro tour and which ones they slide down to the silver series. Um, and the pro tour will work on the PDGA work with the PDGA on even like new tour standards, uh, in the article tour cards were again mentioned and helping the pro tour to be able to actually enforce said standards. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, some form of meshing of the schedule is going to be going down. Uh, so to me, I mean, this is something that I think we literally titled our last podcast, the last national tour ever question mark. Yeah. Um, we've been been talking about this for a long time. It's been a long time coming. Uh, the PDGA did the right thing, pushed the national tour off their plate and the pro tour is definitely the guys to take it over. My, I think this is another, the PDGA has somehow positioned themselves yet again like keeping themselves around like by making themselves like by they somehow have made the pro tour the official tour of the pdga which is like pretty interesting because like the pro tour seemingly should have the upper hand but i think what must surely what must be happening is the pro tour is a probably getting all of their demands met by the pdga so they were probably okay with that with this whole tour standards thing like they're gonna allow them to bend the rules which is probably one of the biggest issues was them not being able to kind of use their own rule sets and and do the tour cards uh and like the rating limit stuff and then also uh, i think this is another case where the the pro tour has just been very much their approach to everything has been very much let's not you know make too much noise and make people mad you know let's keep out let's try to keep all of disc golf happy as we progress forward and let's do it slowly and carefully and and that's a valid strategy and it's and it's working and i think this is just another case of that but i do think it yet again now the pdga has once again been given this position of relevance when like what are they doing to deserve said relevance well yeah well that that was one thing i was gonna say and it seems like they actually have hurt because tons of people have been questioning like what does the pdga do like now the national tour is over what do they do and so the pga put out like an article i believe it was yesterday or i think it's funny that people even thought like it's not wrong of you to assume that the national tour was like something on their plate but i don't really think it was much of (laughs) i don't really think it was much on their plate to be honest the national tour events yeah uh the only one that i was only um i don't know i was about to say but they they put out yesterday like basically like this is what your money is going towards like an article uh, about it, which was one of the points I was going to make, because I think the PGA just needs to be a l- little bit more clear and transparent of like exactly what benefits are mm-hmm. to members, but not only to members, but like you're paying us fifty bucks a year. This is what it's. Uh, this is what it goes towards. Type of a thing. Um, the only thing I haven't liked is I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it quite yet. But whenever the PDGA is questioned. It's it's like they just double down, like they can't do any wrong. Yeah, they never like, admit they're wrong ever. Like yesterday, the Nick and Matt show had like an emergency, whatever you want to call it, uh, not really an emergency, but basically like a pop up show with Nate Heinold. Yeah, and it was just like it, it was like it was all like the PDGA's like idea of like yeah, you know, we we want to just test it out, and this could all be true, but we want to just test it out, let the pro tour kind of feel it out. And then just pass the reins on to the pro tour. You know, they've been doing a good job. And the national tour, like, we were living up to our own tour standards, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they were also, like, he, uh, many times, this this really irked me, many times during it, he used the language of people were, like, he was saying people were asking, what does the PGA even do? He used the language many times of, 
Well, last year we ran 6,000 events. We ran yeah. this. We ran so many 6,500 tournaments. We ran like multiple times said coming from some guys, ran tournaments. Coming from some guys who just ran an event, uh, what, last weekend or whatever, or whatever, what, two weekends ago. Yeah. Um, the only thing that PDGA had a hand in was the website that we used. Yeah. They sanctioned <laughs> the event. Yeah. And they answered questions if I had, like, yeah. basically, I couldn't do an island, so I had to. To work with them on a workaround for the island but they didn't run the event so yeah. like you can say we sanctioned 6,000 events we helped support TDs and 6,000 events who ran the event but like for some reason I just get this weird feeling and I can't put my finger on it but every time like a question comes up of like because like you can look at it with a national tour with worlds it feels like the PDGA pushes blame onto the TDs at these big events yeah. and then when it comes to like tournaments the pdj is like well we ran six thousand tournaments it just feels like the td is just going like like the td's not getting like backup from the yeah. pdj when it's like that in my head that's the biggest thing they're there for yeah. is to help back up and support tds mm-hmm. that's yeah. like what, the, one of the biggest things they're doing and so like to hear them say multiple times like we ran so many events we ran i'm like all you did you ran majors and you ran the national tour and every one of those had a complaint so thank yeah. goodness you didn't run 6,500 yeah. events last year. Honestly, yeah. It, it's pretty all, audacious to take claim for all those events. When, Like I said, at this point, in my mind, what the PDGA is really providing is they have a, a website and like the infrastructure of basically the rating system and the sanctioning and the rules. Like They have it all set in place to where at this point, like live scoring and everything, everything kind of runs itself. They just kind of, kind of have to check boxes every once in a while and sanction events. But like, I just don't know what those guys are doing day to day. I don't know. Like the people who actually work there full time. Yeah. Like what, what is, what is going on? Cause like that's when I think of the PDGA, that's just what I think about it. Maybe I'm dead wrong. Probably just like, answering a lot of emails. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I bet they answer a lot of emails, but like that, that should be like a few people's job. Like, I don't, I don't know. The PDJ is just always a, it's I a mystery. It's just one of those things where we've just kind of always accepted them as the governing body. But now that there's other big players like the Pro Tour, we're kind of questioning. Well, the Pro Tour does all this stuff for disc golf. So what are you doing? Like, and I think that's why the Pro Tour is so great. Is because beforehand it was just like, well, it's PDJ. Like, it's the top of the top. Like, these, those guys are just they kind of run the sport. But now the, the the Pro Tour is big, and we can see very clearly that a they are making huge strides for disc golf and b that they are taking feedback and they are applying it to their tour yeah now we're like okay so why is the pdj not doing that it was now? the other thing is multiple times the pdj has been like basically said the players feedback had nothing to do with this decision like they've been vocal being like hey well don't you think that the players feedback had anything to do with us letting the pro tour take over yeah like oh wouldn't that be a shame if we listen to our players as yeah. the players or making that sound like a bad thing yeah. yeah and then the secondary thing was um they also have been very clear to remind all of us of like well well don't you just go ahead and hating on the national tour the pro tour would never exist without us we we created we we formed the tour like the without the national tour the pro tour doesn't exist almost being like you better thank us for this yeah i'm like guys just like give it up man it's, you know like weird. i understand like no one is sitting here saying that it wasn't crucial to have a national tour back in 2003 when it started through when the pro tour started all we're saying is the pro tour took a tour 
like created its own tour. They didn't take national tour events and put them on the pro tour. They created their own tour, got outside funding, sold it to sponsors, and were able to run a much better product consistently for years to put the national tour out of business. Mm-hmm. That let's call it what it is. They, yeah. The national tour, if it was running and thriving, the PDGA wouldn't get rid of it. Right. The reason is it's probably become more of a headache than a benefit because of how good of a job the pro tour yeah. is doing. There's no point anymore. And the other side is they also were like, well, of course the pro tour is going to succeed. I mean, I think they have nearly 30 employees just focused on it. Like, we have so much other stuff going on. We can't focus on national tour. I'm like, the if PDGA, your tour, you're bringing in like yeah. $5 million something dollars a year. If your tour was that self-sustaining, of membership you, could, alone. you could hire the employees. Like, yeah, it's if, the like, tour, if you did the tour right and you sold it to the right sponsors, you'd be able to hire the employees and put the infrastructure in to run it. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just that that wasn't a priority to you because you were the only tour. Right. And so therefore, you could just do it and like, what are players going to complain about? And the bottom line they had is, a tour. the funding that the Pro Tour got to like run for the first few years that they could have attracted the if the PDJ had a good product they would have attracted that funding. Well yeah, let's look at it this way. The only reason the Pro Tour exists is because the National Tour wasn't doing its job. Yeah. Cuz why would the Pro Tour ever have started if the National Tour was killing it? Right. It would have been it would have Why would anyone be looking at it and go, "Well, players are going to play my tour" because yeah. there would have been nothing to correct. Right. So, let's look at it that way. Sure, the National Tour laid the foundation of there being a disc golf professional scene. Yeah, it's not like they invented the idea of like, hey, we have a sport that's golf related. Let's make a tour. Mm-hmm. Where'd you think of that one? <laughs> like, that's kind of just how I it works. I just, I've been rubbed the wrong way many times by the PGA this year because I feel like this year has been the first year that I've seen players and other people talk out against the PDGA. And instead of having a you know what, let's look into that. You might be right. Or like apologetic attitude when they've been proven wrong. It's been a double down and push the blame attitude. Yeah. And I just don't like that. I hate that. That really annoys me. Like if you, you messed up multiple times, own up to it. You stop pushing the blame around and saying, or like trying to remind people that you're big and bad because pretty soon you're not going to be. If you keep that attitude up, then like people are going to get fed up. They already are. You can see it more and more and more online of people just, getting sick of this attitude going around and what's going to happen when a new governing body comes along. Mm-hmm. Cause like you already did it with a tour. If you let the, the tour fall wayside, you had the national tour from 2003 to 2016. I think is when the pro tour set up, you had 13 years to get that up to where the pro tour came in and in five years surpassed it. What happens if a, a governing body is like, you know what? The, the, the PDJ is just doing X, Y, and Z bad. Let's just start a new, sanctioning body yeah and then if they do a better product it's the free market people are going to go where the better product is mm-hmm. i mean it's just to me the if i'm the pdga my number one priority is listen to the players listen to the feedback listen to what they want and then if i mess up and i go against those things be the first one to apologize admit where we're wrong and pivot to make right. it right as and a, that's not what i'm seeing at yeah all. as a company that I keep hearing this every time we complain about the PDGA, people keep going, well, you are the PDGA, like elect who you want. You can elect who you want to elect and blah. Like you, you, you PDGA is all of us. Like, no, it's, it's not though. They don't listen to us. They don't, they're supposed to represent the players and they do a really poor job representing the players. In my opinion, they, they, basically say we're wrong every time we criticize yeah when the players <laughs> criticize we're like whoa 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 yeah. you didn't come talk to the one of 50 different people each every week that have staff on the back of their shirt yeah like that's the first response is like whoa whoa yeah. how dare you call us out publicly that didn't feel good don't do that again like yeah. it's, what like if you want me to like feel any kind of like community with your company then you need to 
make take, us a part of it. Yeah, and you need to take a, a stance of like, okay, we hear your complaint. That makes sense. We'll like at least like try to have some conversation. Yeah, at least like be like, a response of <laughs> at least a response of like, you know what? That might be a good point. We'll look into it. Versus, well, actually, here's why you're wrong, and then let me show you why you're wrong, and never listen to your point in the beginning to even see it. That's why you see so many players boycotting national tour events this year and in the years past and like refusing to play different things like Paige has said like the only reason she showed up is because she didn't want to just hand Katrina Allen the player of the year Eagle you didn't see him in national tour events after worlds Mm -hmm. like players were were taking a stance multiple times this year and the PDGA just continued to do the same things and now thank goodness the pro tour is here to actually run a tour and listen to players and care about the players Um, wow I felt like I was just in the audience of a slam poetry night. <laughs> you know, I literally, You're this segment, it, man. this segment, I was, I, the first line in this was, I don't want this to turn to a PDJ hate segment. The PDJ is, <laughs> the PDJ is crucial to disc golf on the sanctioning and rules side. And then originally my next line was, but this better have been the last national tour we ever saw. And the next <laughs> thing I know, I just went down a rabbit hole. And, you know, like there they you say, you either it. die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And you can either apply that to me or the PDJ. It depends on which side of the fence you're on. <laughs> uh, other thing at Music City that we have to uh, go over real quick was our prize pick results. So last mm. week we had our prize picks locked in. We'll be bringing that back up, the prize pick breakdown next week at USDGC. Uh, but Trevor actually ended up hitting the power play and is at five points. I tied the under with Chris Dickerson, which means that I was basically doing a two-player flex play, and I hit my remaining two, so I'm sitting at two points, and Brody hit two of his three flex play for 1.25 points so, after week one. bottom line is we were all winners, essentially. We Yeah, we all technically won in a way. Yeah. Some of us played by the rules. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it had been brought to our attention that so in Virginia, you can't actually lock your picks in yet. Yeah. So we couldn't get to the screen that would have told us that Trevor's picks wouldn't have been allowed because he took three overs. You have to take and at you least, have to take one, at or least the other. one or the other. So you have to have like an over and under and then you can take the other one. Um, but we're counting it because like we couldn't get to the screen and it's not listed in the rules. It only shows you and an error message. They also said that for next in. season, they're probably, they said they're trying to get yeah, rid they're of probably going to change, change so. it back. But uh, so we did get several people commenting about that. I think they were trying to like play with you and like have mm. your same picks. And I wish you could have. Yeah, because Trevor hit the power play. <laughs> yeah, because I hit the jackpot. So that's uh, all right. I listen, I'll adjust accordingly next time. And, you know, my intuition is still right. There you, so go. there you go. Good job, Trevor. Thank you. Pat ah. myself on the back. <laughs> uh, it's time to go back into our one of our newest segments, mm. Doink of the Week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Connor start off this week. What's your doink this week? We've already talked about it a little bit, but it was just too it was too obvious for me not to choose it. And it also is probably a little bit insensitive, but my doink of the week was Ricky's putt. Mm. And really, you, more specifically, his inability to doink. Because <laughs> he couldn't even get close enough to the basket to doink it. That's funny. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. So I mean, you would have doinked it too if you if you knew that big fat payday from Inno. Uh, I one hundred percent would have. <laughs> I would have swallowed my disc. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, let's let uh, Trevor go next. I got to pull up. I have to pull up a show and tell for my my doink. <laughs> oh. Anyways, my doink of the week is mozzarella sticks. Um, <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> I understand now. Not from sheets. I understand now. Both, Both because there's been a shortage at sheets lately and because... <laughs> And because of the new whole nine at USDGC that's been posted, Jordan Castro is kind of who we first saw it from. Probably the most pathetic hole design that I've ever seen. It was kind of, it's kind of like USDGC basically spat in our faces because how, imagine, here's, let me just, let me just paint you in a scenario. Let me paint you in a scenario. You're, you run a tournament or you're in charge of the course design. Uh Okay. And you, one year you decide, let's be edgy and implement these wooden poles on a few different holes of the course. Mm -hmm. And everybody complains about them and nobody likes them. Every single person hates them. They think they're ugly. They're stupid. They're unnatural. So then you decide, let's not get rid of them. No, no, no. Let's wait a few years and let's make a hole that is now putting them directly in front of your face. The big mods, if you will. Yeah, the big mods <laughs> directly in front of your face. I mean, it just like it cracks me up even thinking about it. They're like, let's take more of them, put them right in front of a tee pad, and that's the hole. You just have to miss <laughs> the sticks. Like, I genuinely here, It's ridiculous. So Here's another stupid. conspiracy. All right, all right. Please, I I'm all ears. I think that, again, it's Innova. Innova's been Ricky on these is allergic to mozzarella sticks. <laughs> no, uh, so he can't hit them. <laughs> uh, no, I think that Innova does it to get the press because they know if we put these mozzarella sticks, but our, it's our negative gonna press. Blow up. They could make a better no hole. No press is bad press. They're, they could make a better hole. Like there's Rule number one in media. They could do anything. Yeah, the I just think it's like but so if they, if they make a perfect hole, who's posting about that? What do you mean? We, we post about all their perfect hole, like 17, five. Like who's the, been talking about 17 or five this week? What? Nobody. Who's been talking about the week nine? of the tournament? People will be talking about everybody, but the week of the no, tournament is too late. Dude. They need to sell pay-per-views. No. So now I literally saw, no. this is what, this is what gave me the conspiracy theory idea. I saw comments saying, oh. well, now I have to buy pay-per-view because I really want to see players. Nobody else these. runs. Nobody in golf or disc golf runs tournaments with that mindset. That's evil. That's pure evil. I'm that's just what saying, doing. I'm just saying here, maybe they know it's bad courses. I'm saying, put it on a whole three, the on a three and they're like, Hey, this is going to cause some <laughs> outrage. And then we're going to sell more tickets because people are going to want to see Nico and other players get ticked off when they slap a metal pole two feet off the tee. The mozzarella sticks for me too. Like the funny thing about them is they originally put them on, I believe two different holes. And the reason they put them there, they were like next to, they were on the left or right side of the basket. And the whole idea was let's add defense to this hole by essentially making players like we're going to now make you throw your upshot to a different side of the basket. Yeah, to, I don't. I don't mind up. that. And so, that well, whole idea. Well, my so the idea is noble, but here's a way you can do that without mozzarella sticks. It's called a bunker. It looks nicer, and it also defends the hole. And it's like not giant poles with moss or like ivy that you wrap. That's the worst part is that they wrapped the ivy around. Well, they try it. to make it look natural, and that makes it look worse. Like we already know it's a gimmick, so just like go all the way. That. Now, to be fair, this now new one what I was happen. telling was we were talking about it with uh, Brody on debate night the other night was uh last night was i would have a problem with this whole design even if it were trees like even yeah. if it wasn't even yeah. if it was natural it's no yeah it's, it's just it, i would say the trees need to be cut down I, yeah i think it's just more shocking that like it's like they ran out of ideas and were like ah just throw some poles in front of the t-pad and we'll just put the basket 300 feet away like there's just nothing i can't believe it Anyways, I'm excited. Honor- we'll, we'll talk about our USDGC plans I gotta after give an, Trevor's trivia. An honorary doink of the week. Honorary dork, doink of the week goes to Justin Tucker of the Baltimore Ravens for doinking his field goal off the bottom upright and then it going in 
record-breaking 66-yarder. 66 66-yarder. 66 so that was a good doink. For the win. Yeah. Okay, go ahead with your freaking bull crap. Well, okay, here's, uh, you know, for my doink of the week, I'm not going to explain it yet. I'm just going to play you a little segment from last week's podcast. Go ahead. I think what happened was they were at first just butchering match play terminology, saying things like a point when that's not a thing. You don't win a point, you win the hole. They were saying things like it's now five. So that's so that's the start of my doink of the week. And then mm-hmm. let me read you a tweet from Ryder Cup, which can Ryder Cup, would you agree that's like the pinnacle of match play in golf? Pretty high up there. These days. These okay, days, so, so Ryder Cup, the pinnacle of match play. Here's a tweet from the official Ryder Cup account. And with that, at John Rom PGA grabs a point to win to bring the match tied through three. So my doink of the week is Trevor coming after the Pro Tour match play for using the word point and refer to match play only for the Ryder Cup, the official match play Twitter Here's, account, to use point in the exact same fashion mere have, days later. I have one response to this. Not Go everything you read on the internet is true. <laughs> and I have the USGA official match play rules here. There's no mention of points. So they were also wrong. Like it doesn't, just because somebody tweeted it. I also scrolled through their Twitter and could not find any more uses of in the incorrect use of the word point. Because in the Ryder Cup, for example, you can win a point by winning your entire match. Like that's a point for Team USA. But that's not what they were doing there. So they were still wrong. It doesn't, just because it's not a doink for me, I was still right. All right, PDGA, all let's calm down. <laughs> that's I'm just saying. That's all. That's all I have to say is like I. I still. No, that's my doink of the week. I'm correct in the sense of the rules. All of I'm match saying play. is, how do you know Terry Miller hasn't been studying the Ryder Cup Twitter account? Because Ryder Cup and that's where after. he and that's where he got all of <laughs> that, his that motivation from, and that's why he was calling it point. Because hey, he did exactly what you said. He looked at the Ryder Cup and then formed his whole thing around that. He, the Ryder Cup happened after the... It's time for our fan favorite segment, after. Trevor's Trivia. What do you have for me this week? I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm I see like, if I can't win a point an, and bring a tie. Huh? Every single time. This is he gets me so mad before yeah. Trevor's Trivia, and then is I this, decide... Maybe this is a conspiracy. Yeah, maybe mm. he's doing it on purpose. And was paying me, man. <laughs> no, I um, I kind of... I kind of decided to wing a little game between you and Connor this week. Heck yeah. Oh. I think it would be... I Clap it up. So I basically, I found... Thanks to the live audience for the participation. <laughs> I basically was looking through the USDGC field today because I was like, wow, like I forgot like how like exclusive the USDGC field is. Like it's, you know, it's pretty difficult to qualify and like the field, so the field stays pretty small. And like you, you were mentioning earlier, like the throw pink championship is on the same course. So they have to keep the field um, relatively smaller. small. Yeah. So I've kind of decided, I think it's really funny putting you guys like on the spot, like rapid fire mode, because like Uh-oh. sometimes your brains just break. So the way we're going to play this game is you are, you are going to each have three seconds in succession to name a player that is in the USDGC field this year for the MPO or for the FPO. Okay. Um, for throw pink for that, yeah. not USGC. Now, the only way that somebody can lose is by A, running out of time, or B, the other person saying challenge, and then I'll look it up. I'm not going to look it up and double check you okay. unless somebody says challenge. And if you, no, say, what challenge if you say challenge and you're, wrong, and you're wrong, you lose. Okay. So you have to pick your moment and you have three seconds. I'm going to have a Who's timer starting? going. So Hunter, I'm going to let Hunter is starting. Hunter is starting. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. Go. Paul McBeth. Ricky Wysocki. Will Shustrick. Brody Smith. Steve Brinster. 
just that's lost. Three he seconds lost. early. You lost. You could have you could have thought of any I pro. Dude, we that was three, a problem. Three, we're three it pros was too in. wide. It was too just wide. We're three pros in. in. Come on. That I was exp- such good potential. I know. Should we run it back? Well, let's run it back. I can't. Double or nothing. I'm too scared. <laughs> We're gonna run it back. Let's put something online. One more time. No, you lose, you shave your beard. I don't know. <laughs> just throw it. <laughs> let's run it back one more time. You let's got this. Let's run it back. Come they, on. The fans have a strategy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Connor. Connor. They're out there. I hear him. I'm ready. All right, All right. Connor. You're starting this time. I can't think of a single oh, disc golfer oh. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous. I can't think of anybody. All right. I haven't no. No. That's, that's cheating. cheating. Yeah, they can just read right. down the list. Do you want to you want to just completely start from scratch again or do you want to Yeah, let's let's go from scratch start again. Start from scratch. I, I'm already I'm going to lose you start. I'm already telling you I want to see you like that you freak out on a name a, again. It's I so funny. Give, give, him, give, him, just give him 5. <laughs> give him 5 seconds. Okay. And give me 3. Okay. I feel like Ready? An idiot. You start. Go. Anyone? <laughs> Think of, I, I'm dying right now. Oh my, my god, god, bro! We said Paul. No, we no, said we're starting from scratch. Right, go okay. ahead, go ahead. Good. Ready? Gosh, go. Ready. Paul Macbeth, Ricky Wysocki, Broderick Smith, Will Shustrick is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you lost again. Adam Hammes, Steve Prinster. I don't know why. Kyle What's wrong Klein. with me? Eagle I don't know. Well, you call yourself a disc golf fan, and you yeah. sit there at that table. I'm telling you, I don't James know what's Conrad. Ro- I don't know what's wrong with me. Literally, I forgot James Conrad existed. Like, I don't I, know if Steve Brinsley's in the field. I don't. Yeah, I, I know he's a previous I was U.S. champion. So I just keep throwing that. him in. I was confused whenever you said that. I don't know what's. Whenever we play in a game like that, it's. Have you ever played the game like five second rule? I mean, I played a lot of games like that. I know yeah, that they it's break like your you have brain. like five seconds to name three that's, like trivia things. That's why I'm, I I'm it. great at trivia stuff, but as soon as you put the timer on it, I'm like, I can't think of three different spices. I knew that one of you would would break under that game, and it was it was funny. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't expect it to be me. Well, I mean, actually, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm sorry, guys. I feel like I really disappointed everybody. You let yeah, everyone down. mainly because I couldn't think of more than two mm. disc golfers. We'll all be cheering on Justin this weekend, you know. Why is that the only name that came to my head? I don't know. Who's right, wait, let's, Justin? Let's move on. I don't, that's who he likes. Let's move saying. on. He, Justin, he who, who are you about to say? I, I don't, don't know. know. Justin, <laughs> he doesn't. Even Rozak's know. not. Is Rozak even in the field? No, no. I was just making something up. He's even a Justin in the field. Qualified. Justin Rozak. He had some good finishes. I want to move on. My feelings are hurt. No, we're just gonna look up if Justin Rozak's playing USCGC. I think I got targeted. That's all we're by, gonna look at. I got targeted by Trevor. By who? By your brain? By not Trevor. being able to think through disc golfers. Yeah. No targeting. You named two people out of the top twenty in the world. He's not in the field. He's I'm not surprised. in the field. I'm surprised. He's probably gonna try to Monday qualify. But USDGC, let's keep it on theme here. We are super excited. We're gonna be bringing you four episodes of Grip Locked from the ground at USDGC next week, uh, each morning. There'll be a new episode from Wednesday through Saturday to get you ready for live disc golf. We're also going to be shooting a post-tournament wrap-up Saturday night. That'll be going into next week's Grip Locked as a segment. Um, basically, you get five episodes of Grip Locked straight from USDGC. Also, be on the lookout for several videos on our main channel of us on the grounds there. We're going to get to actually play the course uh, on Saturday, so you'll get to see what it looks like when we take it down. We're going to hopefully get a practice round in um, with uh, filming Brody and hopefully Paul as well. And uh, also we're going to do like a whole 17 challenge. There's a lot of stuff in the in the works. And then we're also going to drive into Charlotte a few of the days to get some extra content there. So a whole lot of stuff's going to be coming out of USDGC week. Also, Trevor's going to be putting on his interview suit and getting some player <laughs> interviews for Grip Lock. So these 
these four episodes of grip lock are going to be uh pretty exciting next week and um we're super stoked that they're welcoming us in with open arms and letting us come down there uh you're not going to want to miss out on usdgc this year if you haven't already be sure to check out their pay-per-view packages um buy it buy it and watch it with your family watch it with your friends uh you know have a bunch of people pitch in together um it's super super exciting tournament we're stoked to actually be down there and covering it and a huge thanks to innova and usdgc for letting us uh do that and i think you're really going to enjoy the content that we're going to be putting out while we're down there um we're also probably going to do at least a live stream or two from we're just going to dub it the foundation content house in rock hill because we got a, a sick house. airbnb maybe we'll do a hot tub live hot stream. tub live stream <laughs> i don't know no. no you can't do that <laughs> definitely not maybe we'll do a hot tub live stream. i don't know we will get but, more clicks out of any live stream we've ever done, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely gonna be one heck of a fun week uh we leave saturday only a few days away it's crazy only a few days only a few days one other thing, I recently got a press release. I haven't seen this posted anywhere else, so I'm hoping that we're fine to talk about it. But, I mean, the press release came to me and didn't have a date to release to I mean, the public. it's a so. release to the press, so consider I mean, it released. Well, I, I double-checked to like, make sure I wasn't like <laughs> missing a date, but I didn't see a date. So Breaking. Breaking uh, news. Apparently, not even apparently, it's official. <laughs> apparently. Um, apparently. Allegedly. Uh, Paul Ulibarri has launched the Ulibarri Leadership Institute. Uh, which That's is interesting. very so official sounding. After, this is a quote from their press release. After over 15 years of professional competition, Paul Ulibarri has launched the Ulibarri Leadership Institute to continue growing the sport of disc golf through seminars, clinics, athlete management, coaching, corporate events, and player development. So right now on the website, it looks like they're only set up for like lessons, coaching rounds, and group events, which they're pretty reasonably priced. It was like 200 to 600 bucks, depending on which one you're going for. So he's basically just doing glorified clinics right now. Right now. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of this. Um, and Why I you gotta think, be so negative, Trevor. No, I'm just like, Come on. they just threw out a lot of fancy words and then offered glorified clinics. Well, I'm in, it's interesting so like, to see what else this is isn't the come. PDGA. Okay? I just want to know this what direction they're headed in. Like, well, I, they I'm have curious. like athlete management and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but what I'm more curious is like, there's is this, so many disc golfers trying to do athlete management. I'm saying, is this something that we're going <laughs> to see more of like this? Like, cause Julie's the first one I think to like brand it as more than just like, just he's a sports manager like he has a team behind him as well like yeah. there's like three guys are starting it with him. he has like he said you said he has like some legal guys like some yeah well that's the other thing is that press release came from discgolf.law which yeah. i'd never Whoa. heard of so i looked at their site <laughs> fancy and it was started by an attorney and his son and from their website it says we help our clients navigate the unfamiliar intimidating and somewhat dangerous territories of contract negotiation <laughs> brand protection and enforcement deal structure and event even partnerships mm mergers and acquisitions See, i like that i like i like somebody somebody trying to do athlete management and like actually bringing in an attorney because like you if you really want to be like there are so many i feel like we've heard about disc golfers like throwing out the name like like agent like i'm going to be an agent for so like if you really want an agent that's going to be effective you might be able to find a guy who can negotiate a contract for you but you're not going to be able to find it. Like you need a, an attorney if you want to really make sure that your contracts are correct and everything is like, like done not the scary. right way. And yeah, basically that you're getting your end of the deal. Like that's the people that are real sports agents typically almost always have law background of some sort. So like, I'm glad that that's at least something they're implementing because like, I wouldn't want, I think it'd be cool to have like a, almost like a firm of like guys who can represent, you know, disc golfers. Well, that's I, what disc golf dot law 
seems like. Right. So like I, I like I think that's cool and that's like that's something that's been coming down the pipeline because guess what? As the money comes in, you know, now there's enough of a cut for a, a real agent to want to take, then they're gonna get involved. Like yeah. It's competitive. There's a very competitive landscape for athletes trying to find or for agents trying to find athletes to represent. And if all of a sudden some news article pops up, Paul McBeth signs $10 million contract, they're like, hmm, I could take a cut of that. Like, and nobody's in this sport yet. Like, disc golf is basically right now just a breeding ground for all kinds of industries that are going to get involved in it as the money comes in. Like, there's just like so many people that are going to, it's finally, it's going to start slowly blipping on people's radars as the money gets there. And and this is kind of one of those things. So it seems like they're doing a lot, this whole institute, like it seems like they definitely they're trying to cover a lot of areas. Yeah, which is interesting. Well, uh, like so, if you went to goes. schedule like a coaching or like he had private lesson, I think we should get private coaching lessons. round or corporate event. And if you went to schedule it, it was like through a calendar thing, and you could like pick your day of the week through. It was like started end of October, November, you and on. Go to them. I don't know. I was gonna say because if we get Yuli out here to give me a private lesson, that'd be pretty funny. That would be very interesting. He probably wouldn't want you to film it though. No, he wouldn't. No, I don't care. That was kind of, I, don't, I don't want it filmed. Like, oh, it just would be funny. Like, just you and him there, just be funny. Yeah, they, they'd I be feel laughing. Like it'd be a good time. They'd be laughing. <laughs> yeah, we'd be in the car up the road waiting for Trevor to be done. But they'd, they'd be a, having a great time. How much laughing. did he charge for a private lesson? Two hundred bucks. Definitely have to go to him. He's not but it's two hundred dollars. Yeah. It's also two hundred dollars for a coaching round. So. I don't know how long a private lesson is. But a lot of times, yeah, fun. that's kind of like that's kind of how golf lessons work. Like a lot of times, they a coaching round just throw a bunch of extra shots, make it last yeah. longer. You know, milk uh, it, milk it for what's worth. I don't know, two hundred dollars. Here's the, here's the thing about disc golf lessons that's that's tricky is when you get a golf lesson and you pay you pay a lot of money for golf lessons. Like two hundred dollars, it gets a lot more expensive than that. But the thing is, you're getting access typically to a ton of technology if you're at a good course. Like they'll have all these different you know, shot tracers and like training aids and like you're paying for to use a lot of things that like are, it's almost like a guarantee your game's going to get at least a little bit better because there's just objective things that you can be proven by this technology. Whereas disc golf, you're basically paying that $200 for professional knowledge. And like, it's tough to have like a, like you're probably going to learn things you didn't know, but it's tough to have that guarantee that your game is going to get better. Well, it seemed like that was more geared towards beginner players more right. so. As and a beginner, like, yes. The more advanced players is where... Some of like the player development, athlete management, right. and stuff like that comes in. Because that's the thing. Because like in golf too, like that's that is the reason why great professional players still have coaches is because of all the technology and things that like it's worthwhile for them not like having somebody who might not even be as good at them teach them because they can show them things about their swing and whatnot. Whereas in disc golf, you know, if you're better than somebody, like they're really not going to be able to teach you anything. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't know when the like official announcement is it coming out. It seems very time-consuming for him. I wonder... Well, it seems like he's basically... From what I understood is... It seemed like a lot of the like athlete management stuff like that was going to be head up by the guys at Disc Golf Law, yeah. the attorney and his son. Um, it seemed like they were going to handle more of that. And so, in my eyes, it's more of a... like when a coaching thing's scheduled, Yuli shows up and does that side. Mm. And like, he can be there for like, you know, being a mentor or whatever to younger players. But like on the back end stuff, a lot of like all the contract negotiations, stuff like that wasn't gonna be handled by him. I'll tell you sense. this much. I do want a hoodie that says Yulabari Leadership Institute. That's that's a cool name. A pretty sweet hoodie. Yeah, and I, it's I do. Yuli, U-L-I. Yeah. 
You that's oh, that's, that's why they did it. I was like, I was like, there's something to that name. They didn't just choose Leadership Institute. Yuli. It's Yuli. I'm an idiot. I still, I want the merch, so drop a link. True, because I guess the phrase Leadership Institute doesn't really have a whole lot to do with Kind of sounds like about. a school. No. Like it, they, it sounds like he's training people to train people. Yeah, right. That's what you Leadership I mean? Institute would sound like to me as well. Maybe maybe that's another but it's goal. worth maybe it. Maybe he's going to train coaches. I mean, it's worth it just for the... I would love, I would honestly, and I don't think, like, I don't think disc golf is really there right now to, like, have, like, a ton of coaches, and, like, I think right now, like, kind of just pros doing one-off clinics and stuff like that is fine, but, like, it would be cool someday to have a structure in place, like, a school of sort, or a a trial slash school, uh, similar to Q school, where, like, um, you can get like certified as a coach basically by like, you know, these things about the game and you're this good because you did a trial, then you're certified. Like that would be, that'd be a pretty simple thing. There's something that PDJ could do with their time. Like just create it, just create It's another thing they could just create and then not pay attention to. So they love those, but, uh, (laughs) just create a standard for that. And then like people could, it would encourage people to want to become a certified coach and then do clinics because like, that's something that you could, you could basically have, it's like the whole idea of having a tour card. It's basically like validating you. So like people would want to get a clinic from you if you're a certified coach, like they know you're at least this good. I don't know, man. Yeah. I think it's a smart. Move. Just throwing it out there. Uh, finally I wanted to look at just was kind of like the end of the year. You disc world rankings, because I think it's kind of interesting. It's not the end of the year yet, buddy. Well, end of the regular season <laughs> on the MPO side. We're in the playoffs now. That's an interesting thing. Uh, do you, wouldn't it be cool if, I think uh, it'd be cool if the Pro Tour did like, uh, like kind of like the FedEx Cup where they do like playoffs. Like the last few events are considered like the playoff events and they slowly narrow down the field. Like that's how the FedEx Cup, for those of you who don't know, they start with like their full field essentially. I, I, I'm not sure exactly. How many people are in that field, Brody? And when they start the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, they. It's one twenty, I think. Yeah, so they say action off a certain amount of events, and they start with a bunch of people that are qualified, and then they slowly narrow down the field, slowly, 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 until you have the tour championship, which is kind of like the tour finale. I think that'd be a cool thing for the pro tour to do. And now they have all these national tour events to chuck around. Maybe they can throw them in there. I don't. Right? Yeah. So we have kind of ending the year. Ricky and Eagle one and two. They have Ricky 1, Eagle 2. I think they're kind of interchangeable in my mind. We'll see what happens at USCGC. Uh, Paul 3rd. I don't think Ricky. Ricky loses a lot of clout after that 50-foot putt. <laughs> I may just knock him down to like 10th in my rankings. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Uh, Paul 3rd, Calvin Heinberg 4th, Dickerson 5th, Adam Ham is 6th, Kyle Klein. I feel like we haven't heard that name in a while. Kyle Klein? 7th, uh, Andrew Marweed 8th, Maddie O 9th. Kevin Jones, 10th, and Mason Ford jumped up 30 spots after his win at the National Tour to 11th place in the world right now. That's a bit steep, I feel like. Uh, and then we have Sexton, 12th, Vino McKella, 13th, Kale LaVisca, 14th, and rounding out the top 15. How is Sexton is clinging to 12th when he's not you got to remember the dominance index. I know, but I don't like, like, so wait, can nobody jump him because nobody's beating no, him No, people right now? can jump him, but like. But like it's harder because he, they he's can't He's going to stay right at now. 15.04 right now. Yeah, he can't get beat. He can't get beat. Mm, but like. Uh, that's interesting. Kyle Klein went up one because someone dropped. Is he playing Maddie U.S. even? Kyle Klein? No, Nate Sexton. Nate Sexton is playing U.S. DGC. Okay. Uh, now let's switch to FPO because here's the interesting thing. FPO, we have Krishna Tatar, number one player in the world. Yeah. Evelina Solomon, number two player in the world. 
Paige Pierce is now right now the number three FPO yeah, player in the world. She stinks. So Haley King is up to number four in the world, and then you have Hannah Blomroos, and then Katrina Allen is saying it's sixth in the world right now. Yeah, Haley King is definitely up and up trend. No, right yeah, now. yeah. Haley I'm starting King's to get. I'm there. starting to. Haley King. I gotta. I gotta say, I was a, like, I started out on the hype train last year. I cooled off big time this year. And I'm getting, I'm like in the station about ready to hand my ticket over and get back on the hype train because <laughs> she's starting to get confidence and looking incredibly dangerous again. So just know that's where I'm at. I'm Good at the railroad. Know. I'm glad. Yeah, thank you for He's at the Amtrak out. station. No, ready to, it's ready a to steam get engine. It's a steam engine. It's oh. a freight train, actually. <laughs> All right. He's about to hop on a World and War gonna, II steam engine. It's going to run over the rest of the MPO or the FPO field. <laughs> Uh, All right. Final thing I wanted to bring up as we wrap up the show. No make that call this week. Uh, I want to touch on college disc golf. The season is officially underway. We had last week the battle at the Mesa in the Great Lakes Collegiate Open, but here we are trying to do coverage for college disc golf. Trying to help them out, man. Wanting to provide media. We talked about it. We talked about wanting to do media for a long time. Neither of them had the results in. So I can't even tell you who won, who actually showed up day of. I don't know. Imagine they let us in as an alumni team in the Dean's Cup. Just the three of us. <laughs> That'd be awesome. One of us plays on our own for the alternate time. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, one team who did... Let's actually... Let's clap it up for Minnesota. They put the results Come on. in. Come on. Good job, Minnesota. Go, Minnesota. They put the results in so we can actually talk about them. Go Thank Gophers. You. Thank you, Minnesota. And not only did they put down... But Minnesota, or put it in, Minnesota took it down. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota took the tournament down. The Minnesota Collegiate Showdown, led by Eli Swanson. Uh, so that's the oh, first. I've always been a huge Eli fan. Yeah, big Eli guy. Uh, that's the first Collegiate Disc Golf result we had to report on this year. Mm. Minnesota is looking dirty, apparently. They're looking dirty. If I don't think they're at Dean's Cup. If the Dean's Cup winner's in town, like a day that we're still there like we should try to challenge them for one of our videos like challenge the dean's cup winners That's so funny to a, a the only time we could do it is saturday because they'll win saturday morning and we'd have to immediately play them saturday or are you saying like when they get back what, do, what Wait, are you no yeah is that possible can we play them on saturday well but then we'd miss the final day uscg oh they play they play that's right they play during the event they just play yeah. in the morning that's right i forgot about that i did it once i just forgot <laughs> you're right never mind uh, coming it. up though we have the we could see if we could beat their score We'd have to well, again. Yeah, that's just a normal round. We're though. leaving Saturday night. Yeah, we can't play. You're right. We have that to again. again. Play. I'm sorry. We'd have to stay for Spectators Day. I yeah. apologize. Come on, man. Get your head uh, in the game. Coming up this upcoming weekend, we have the Appalachian State Mountaineer Mash, the Brave the Midwest. Mash with an E. And yeah, Mashy. Mountaineer Mashe. Mashe. Uh, <laughs> and we have the Northern Colorado Mash. Collegiate Qualifier. So if you're listening, you're the TD of those events, please be sure to next week put the results in so we can talk about and maybe come out with our collegiate power ranking at some point soon. Uh, but College Disc Golf, we're going we're gonna to cover it this year. Hopefully you find it entertaining as we kind of go through. We're also going to be doing some media surrounding Dean's Cup because that's also happening next week. Dean's Cup's one of my all-time favorite college disc golf events. Um, it's fun. I think there's only four teams They invite year. four teams every year. And they go... Mm, pretty sure it was eight teams. You're crazy. It's always been four. They go one ver like one right. ver- one v four, two v three, and then they flip. You play for third place, and you play for first place. It's basically how it always is. Went. Uh, so super exciting thing though. <laughs> um, we'll be looking. We'll be covering. I just kicked Trevor's table. We'll be covering Dean's Cup next week. Some and uh, probably get the interview with the winner. Uh, I think that could be a pretty entertaining interview. 
considering we're just going to unleash Trevor on the players. <laughs> I mean, you saw his attitude like a, to the PDGA. Like a virus. We'll see. Let's not forget the bet. We can't forget the Patreon bet. Yeah. I don't we talk, I about, lose talk a, about that. I lose here? a lot of sleep thinking about how I'm going to phrase that question to Mr. LeCastro. I think we can talk about it. Trevor, basically, we set a bet on the Bogey Bro banter, which we're about to hop into here in a, a minute. Um, if you're not a Patreon, five bucks a month gets you access to four bonus podcasts, the Bogey Bro banner, one each week, plus the archives of all the Bogey Bro banners we've done, as well as one exclusive video per month. And there's a whole list of other benefits, including Discord perks and stuff like that. You can head over to patreon.com slash foundation disc golf to check it out. All that to say, on one of the Bogey Bro banners, we we were trying to come up with different things that could happen at USDGC. We've been talking about this over there for a while. Mm. And one of the things is since Trevor's doing player interviews is, and Trevor is obsessed with Nico. Trevor's obsessed with Nico. Trevor has to, Trevor guess more Nico's favorite is color. Probably the word. All right. Fascinated. Fascinated with yeah. Nico. Trevor guess Nico's favorite color. I don't remember what the green. bet is. Green. Oh, the green. bet. The bet is if I if I lose the bet, you guys can put up a championship banner saying anything in the warehouse. Like you can have the championship banner say like whatever you want. And well, so, what happens if you win the bet? I don't remember. I don't then even. He gets a championship banner that says uh, Trevor Staub champion. Guess Nikola Castro. Yeah, I think yeah. Color. I think that was it. Okay, so basically that's what's on the line here. I just sometimes I just like to self destruct. Apparently, it's like what kind of bet was that, Trevor? <laughs> that's apparently what's on the line so he's gonna be asking nico what his favorite color is. i just gotta really hope that he has a good round at least like i'm gonna have to pick my my Part interview with him like, it might be him. like getting in the cage with a lion no i've already thought about bribing him i uh, know i wanted to like so, part of me wants <laughs> to you're gonna like, have to pay him more than no me. during his <laughs> practice round be like hey man look <clears throat> someone from foundation his name's trevor he's gonna you're come up and interview that, you dude. when he asks you your favorite color just go off on him no just start cursing him out that, <laughs> yell at him no made me really sad <laughs> just go oh, off on it it would be one of the greatest joys of my whole life like, to have to make a video to where i have to bleep out every other word that nico's that saying while he's really talking sad. to trevor immediately after you, you can like laugh with him and like tell him it's a joke want, but like i just you need want you me to, to cry and probably never talk to you again then go ahead just imagine that. how funny that'd be if trevor's like interview was like so nico last question what's your favorite color he's like what the kind of question is that, Trevor? Just I'm like, gonna have to goes off ble- like you had to beep every other word, and then Trevor starts crying. <laughs> Trevor's just standing there. <laughs> just like, I'm gonna f- I'm gonna have to feel the feel the room and just like, hopefully he has one round where he just pops off and is in a really good mood, anyways. And then hopefully I just ask him really good questions, kind of soften him up, and be like, hey man. Also, one last thing, have this little bet going on. What's your favorite? He's going to be like, it's green. And I'll be like, I know it is because I know you. And that's going to be it. And we're going to be best friends. He's going to say fuchsia. <laughs> I am I mean, like, the odds. It's going to be yellow. The odds are very much against me. Like, I, I, I basically have so one in a in the world, billion you know? chance. Yeah. It's going to be amber because it's the color of your energy. Whoa. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap up this week's show. Hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, don't forget, we'll be going the first episode of USDGC week. Grip Locked will be going live Wednesday morning, different time than normal. Wednesday morning will be our USDGC preview show, and then Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, Grip Locked, Grip Locked, Grip Locked. Hopefully you like the Neon show, because if not... Neon Grip Locked. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you all next week. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs>